0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Our Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about Chaos, the Battle of Wizards. Yeah. That's uh, a great name. It is a great I name. I would have picked
1: this game strictly on the name. As you know, that's how I like to do it. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but before we get into Chaos, uh, we got some great response to our community question last week, Aaron. All right. Uh, last week's community question was, what's your favorite specky martial arts game? Mm, okay. And there are a ton we got feedback from all across the internet, from Reddit to the World of Spectrum forums, <laughs> over on Atari Age Facebook. Wow. And um, there were, most of the responses kind of were the same game. So I wanted to share some of the most popular titles uh, Way of the Exploding Fist. Yeah, I hear that one a lot. Target Renegade. I hear that one a lot. Yeah. Um, and I guess the remake, there's a remake of Kung Fu Master called Mr. Kung Fu that we need to try because we both love Kung Fu Master. I do.
1: I, and I've heard, I've never played uh, Target Renegade, so but I, I've heard a lot of good things about it. And Re- Way of the Exploding Fist, We, I think I've played that. That's okay. on the
0: C64 too. Probably the, yeah. so, probably so. Uh, but the best answer came from Redditor they took er jobs, your jobs, they took your jobs. What's that mean? I don't know. But he said, Vatman, okay, get ready for Vatman. Vatman,
1: all right. So
0: do you know, first of all, do you know what the Vat is? I I have no idea. Okay, so the Vat is the value-added tax in Britain. Okay. Okay, so you must know that to understand what follows. Okay. So the British Chancellor of the Exchequer the government minister in charge of the money.
1: That's a heck of a title right there. Yes,
0: yes. He dons a superhero suit and beats up VAT tax-dodging ne'er-do-wells in a sideways-scrolling punch fest that made no sense. Uh, He says it's technically not a martial arts game, but uh, you could stick the the last ninja on there as well.
1: Is he a good guy?
0: You know... It's a gray area. Yeah, because it seems it's, like,
1: doesn't it seem like Europe... No one wants to be the tax man. Right. Either. They want to smack around the tax man. Right.
0: Maybe it's like the um, the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street game where you played as Freddy.
1: Yeah. That's, how bizarre.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: what is the equivalent in America to VAT? The
0: IRS. Well... The, like, it, like sales would, tax? Yeah, something? it's... Yeah, sales tax. I got it. I yeah. got it. Yeah. We hate that, too. We do. We do. But it's weird because they don't... Well, it's just like in America. They don't tax... Uh, everything, not everything gets the VAT. For example, biscuits, yeah. no VAT tax. Like cookies. Right. Okay. But cakes, yeah. yes. What? No. It's the other way around. Cakes, yes, cookies no.
1: Why?
0: Um, What's the where's the formula that well, determines that? I'll tell you. All right. Okay. This is one of the many things that I learned when I was spending tens of thousands of dollars getting my master's degree in England. Mm. So there are these things called Jaffa Cakes. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of these before?
1: I think I have heard of them, yeah. Okay.
0: It's like an orange-flavored, chocolate-covered, soft biscuit. Oh,
1: that sounds so good. Okay, uh, they yeah. are very good. I like that.
0: So the uh, he the, the vat man said, we need to tax those because they're biscuits. Okay. And he said, no, they're cakes. I call them cakes right there on the thing. And he's like, well, they look like a biscuit to me. And get this, Okay. When biscuits get old, yeah. they get soft. When cakes get old, they get hard. Okay? Therefore, a Jaffa cake is a cake because when it gets old, it gets hard. So they were they were good. They were good. That is justice com- prevailed.
1: That is complicated. Who decided that biscuits would get taxed and not cakes?
0: The Batman. What about booze? They tax that? Oh yeah. But well, what about soda pop? I think the only thing that's not taxed are biscuits. Really? That's, that's weird. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I might I might be kidding. Yeah, I have don't, you lied about this entire segment. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know the ins and outs of the VAT system, but I do know that story. That and, is, and I know it to be true. That is a weird one. It though. is. It is. Um, so... Thank you, everybody, for weighing in on this past week's uh, community question. This week's community question, please write in in whatever way you'd like to. You can send us an email at feedback at rsinclair.com, or you can post on YouTube or on Reddit or wherever you see the show posted. This week's community question is, Did anyone use their spectrums to aid in role-playing? That means uh, not just playing role playing games on your Spectrum, but did you ever use them for character sheets, uh, for added ambiance, maybe for a soundtrack or something like that? I want to hear from you. No,
1: if I may, of course I didn't have a Spectrum, but I did use the PC uh, quite a bit for, uh, to help me in my dungeon mastering roles back in the day. Mm. And then eventually you'd throw some you know creepy music or something or sound effects on there, use it for maps. Nowadays, everyone uses them for that stuff. But I mean, way way back, they, TSR even I think they had a special bit of software that came out that you could uh, that you could uh, use. To, well, I mean, I know they did one for characters and character generation, but I think they actually had one specifically made for dungeon dungeon mastering.
0: I know lots of people programmed you know character sheet uh, generators Absolutely. and things like that.
1: Yeah, and... I used to when we played Champions. Uh, the uh, character generator was a must, because the math was so difficult that you had to have that you know, that nice character generator. Mm. So yeah, that's a good question. It'd be interesting, because that's, that's pretty far back in the, in the spectrum, I don't know if they, I don't know. I bet they did. Anytime you've got a computer and you've got D&D players, they're gonna mix them together.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, enough of that. Mm. It's time to jump into this week's game, Aaron. Chaos, the Battle of Wizards. Yeah, mean Tell us a
1: little about it. All right, man, so. First of all, as I often say, I've not played this before, and I can safely say, without a doubt, I had never heard of this game, uh, I had never seen the game, and when me and Boat initially played that the game, when we loaded it up this week, I was I looked at it and I was like, oh man, I talked to him earlier. I was like, this is going to be, this looks like it's going to be that hard. Uh, and, uh, so, but we'll see what we thought. So, uh, this game was is Chaos with a full name, Chaos the Battle of Wizards. Mm, That's a great name, by is. the way. It is. Uh, this came out 1985. Now I found this interesting. Uh, this was published by Games Workshop, uh, and sure enough, uh, it was the Games Workshop, uh, which I didn't I know for sure. Uh, uh, the same guys that do like Warhammer and whatnot—they mm-hmm. were they published video games for a, a time, and th- and this was uh, one of the ones that they put out. They actually put out a bunch. I'll just mention a couple here, and I, and again, these games I, I don't know what they are. Uh, D Day. Uh, Castle of Lost Souls, Rune Stone, and Battle Cars. And Battle Cards, I did find out was a uh, was basically a computerized port of their of their game. If you ever, I've heard of Battle Cars, I've not played the actual game.
0: So Games Workshop, most famous for the Warhammer universe. That's right. right? They,
1: they've been around forever. You know. Mm-hmm. I will say one thing: do not screw with Games Workshop because they are they are rule hobby stores on iron mm-hmm. fist. They're well known to be difficult to work with. Um, the fellow that was responsible for this game. Was a guy named uh, Julian Gollop. Mm-hmm. I think I'm pronouncing that yeah, right. Julian Gollop. So now, uh, again, I couldn't pick Julian Gollop out of out of a, out of a line of, but it turns out he's actually a very, very decorated uh, programmer, and he was responsible for the XCOM series, uh, which was, uh, you know, enough said. I, I got. A, I looked around to see what I could find out about this fellow, and uh, sure enough, uh, this guy that I found in a couple of interviews with him. And when he was 14, uh, he started... He was into Dungeons and & Dragons and Avalon Hill games and board games, as you can imagine. So this all makes sense. And uh, uh, he bought himself a ZX-81 uh, from a buddy at school for 25 pounds and started programming on it. And uh, that was that's how he got his start.
0: Uh, the ZX-81 being the uh, predecessor to the Spectrum.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so... Now get this! I thought this was I thought this was great. He was he played a game that Games Workshop made called Warlock, all right. Which again I'm, I'll be honest with you, I'm not familiar with it. Now you got to remember this is the early '80s, and this was when I even even me old me was pretty young. So these games were well beyond me in '83 80, in or '84, '85. I, but I had heard of this stuff, but mm-hmm. I, I never played it. Uh, so, anyways, he was in this game called Warlock, and so. That the kids at school wouldn't let him play it, and so and this is his words. He said, "Screw that! I'll make Mo, and I'll make it better." Wow!
0: <laughs> so, I said that all the time, and I never did
1: anything. So, and so he made a board game in eighty two, and then he did a he did a uh, they did a preliminary programming by a phone named Andy Green on the BBC B, mm. uh, and then he decided to do the uh, ZX Spectrum version, and lo and behold, uh, th- this was born. Now I like this too. Uh, he says, in a way, chaos is one of my favorites of all the games I've ever made, and, he, and which you know he's proud of this game. Um, he also mentions that he's often asked if uh, he, it would be okay if people made their own version of it, and he always tells them to go ahead. Well, they did, and I've got a list. I'm not going to go down it. It's like there's probably thirty versions of this game made and spread all over the world (laughs) it's been it's been it's been made and and remade over and over Uh, but the fella is very proud of his game so what is the game Um, again this game came out on the zx spectrum the 48k now this is actually it's not that complicated to explain the premise of this game Uh, this game supports one to eight players which that in itself is quite astounding and you could have uh, any number of computer and human players. Mm-hmm. You each pick a name, you pick a, uh, a, a wizard icon from a, a, from a selection, you pick a color for your guy. This is, then this is your guy in the game. Uh, once the game starts, the ba- you basically battle these other wizards up to eight. And you pick from a, a selection of spells and you use these spells to try to defeat your opponents. It's pretty simple. Uh, it sounds simple, anyway, until you actually look into it and understand the depth of it. And the depth of it is is the, in the selection of spells. Now when we first started this game, because we had no knowledge of how it worked. And so I didn't understand exactly what was going on. But after I, between playing it a bunch of times and reading stuff, I've kind of gotten a better idea of what was happening. You randomly start with a selection of spells. And these are the spells you've got in the game to take out your opponents. Uh, the spells can be anything from uh, uh, summoning a creature or an animal. They can be attack spells, they can be defense spells. they can be spells to raise the dead, they can be spells to uh, to basically charm other people's monsters. Uh, there's a b- bunch of spells and and one spell everyone has in common is a spell called disbelieve. Uh, when you cast a creature, uh, you have the ability to say is this going to be an illusion or not? why would you do that because, you have varying uh, difficulties in casting these spells. Some spells might be an eighty percent chance of success, whereas some might be a ten percent chance. And if it's a, if the percentage is low, you could cast it as an illusion and get a hundred percent success rate. The caveat is if someone uses the disbelief spell on whatever you've cast, it instantly goes away. Mm-hmm. So there's a risk that you're you're going to lose one of your really good creatures very quickly because you faked it basically. Um, you, when you initially played this, before we get real deep into it, what were your thoughts and, and how have they
0: progressed if you've played during a week? Well, at the beginning, much like you, I didn't understand. Um, we watched a couple videos of people playing this game, supposed tutorials. Which were mostly just people screaming and cursing while they played the game very quickly. (laughs) It was we we watched
1: what three different ones. Yeah,
0: they were all the same. It was all f this guy. and they just people just moving at mock speed because once you get the keyboard commands down, you can really play this game really quickly. Yeah, Um, it really wasn't until. when I when I started to play it here at Amigo Studios because we did play uh, around each other uh, you know um, over at Amigo Studios East yeah. and uh, it was over quite quickly you you destroyed me um, vampire uh, man yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't until I started playing here when I I really started to figure out the genius of this game and the genius of this game is the procedural generation of the characters and the spells so whenever you whenever you select your wizard. Um, You are only, you know, you you have no idea what your statistics are going to be until the game starts. So the way that you play the game is based on how strong your character is, basically. You know, if you you roll a weak character, then you might want a turtle. You know, if you roll a stronger character, you're going to be more of a tank. Um, And then, layered on top of that is this random selection of spells that you have. And the spell choice, you're going to get a mixture of um, creature spells, Environment spells like uh, different kinds of forests and castles and things and then you're going to also have things that affect the terrain like the gooey blob and since everybody's spells are totally random every game you know it's 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 a totally different game every time it's not like so many games now where you have a certain class everybody always plays this class and they get really good at it and the game becomes much less fun in my opinion because it's not a, a an exercise and like how well can you think on your feet um, so, um, that's pretty much, you know, the foundation of why I think this game is great.
1: The game, one thing, I, and I've lear- only learned this in the past couple of days, because again, I've been learning this whole week. Um, <clears throat> as you cast spells, you've got some spells that are chaos, some that are like lawful, and some that are neutral. And, and... Uh, if you cast more spells of a certain alignment, it will make other spells of that alignment easier to cast, mm-hmm. which that goes into a lot of the strategy of it. Uh, you can, like Boat said, you can actually choose to. Normally, I, I hide my wizard like a weenie boy and get him out of there. But if you if you happen to get the right spells to where you can make him tougher. And maybe get him a nice weapon and get some amount. You can go out and because the one thing about the wizards they can cast as attack spells that are real nasty, but they have to be close enough to hit them. Right. So that means you are going to wait out in the combat with so the So I guess wizards. I guess
0: we should talk about how the turns work in this game.
1: Yeah, there's actually it's really quite simple. I can't believe I'm saying, I am saying this because this is such a departure from what I would normally play. But I mean, it's actually when you boil it down, it's a it's a simple procedure. On the at first, everyone in the game goes around picking a spell simple mm-hmm. all right so and then once that's done then then everyone goes around the table in that same order casting their spell if you attempt to summon someone it'll either pass or fail if you attempt to do something or affect the game it your spell will pass or fail and once that's completed then you've got a movement phase uh, movement phase you may move your gorilla uh, a couple steps towards the other guy's bat and then if you get close enough to attack uh, it will it will give you the choice of attack you hit the button as to which way you want to attack and he attacks and if it does damage or kills the guy tells you it's real simple uh, if you've got a range character uh, they can attack at range they can go over six or so blocks and shoot uh, and if you have a guy that has, that can do you know some characters you roll up you attack them with the range and the hand to hand there if they if they are uh, right beside the other guy and then once everyone has moved that's in the, the round, and you start over. It's pretty simple stuff. Um, <clears throat> the uh, what makes the game fun for me? I used to play a game I've mentioned this before, called Archon and Archon Two Ultra uh, Adept. Archon Two Adept reminds me of this. This Archon Two Adept is like the starter version of this because this is a much more abstract game than Archon Two. It's the same sort of thing where a wizard summons a creature. And then places them on a board. But in that game, there's actual, you know, twitchy hand to hand comics. This is more, this is the turn based version. And it's actually, they dovetail quite nicely. If you want a fast paced version of this, I suggest you try Archon 2 Adept. It's it's a similar sort of game. Uh, But where this one shines is it's funny. You wouldn't think this would be a good thing, but it is. And the, the fact that it's so random when you start the game. It changes. It's almost like what well, it reminds me of. Boat. And you would be more into this. I mean, it's almost like a what, collectible card game. Mm-hmm. You you draw your deck, <clears throat> and this was way ahead of its time in a lot of ways. And you've got and you never know what you're going to get. You know, even more so than a card game. You and and so you've got to play the hands you're dealt. Sometimes you've got a, a weak hand. You've got to be clever. You may have to wait out your opponents. Let them go after each other. Maybe you need to go hide. Maybe you need to put some obstacles up to keep him off of you. Uh, but for the most part. If I, I found that the, see, it seems to me to be a fairly fair game when it when it you know it seem when it comes up I don't ever feel like I've gotten totally screwed there's usually something there one or two good things in there <clears throat> something else we should mention is when you use your spells they're gone uh, you may have uh, I played my son the other day or yesterday and I had like what three three ghosts I think it was well you can cast ghosts three times if you have one ghost you got ghosts one time and it's gone now. I believe uh, magic woods will allow you to regain some
0: spells. Yeah, so if you if you hang out in the magic woods, yeah. then you can uh, you can after a certain amount of turns, whatever tree you're hiding in will disappear, and you'll have gained a new spell. Right.
1: So that's and I, I, there may be other ways. I, if I are I haven't I haven't mm-hmm. uh, I haven't found them. And by no means is there a week long enough to master this. No. But I, I feel like I've got a good grip on it. Uh, you know, uh, I uh, I wanted to play this with a, with a, somebody, so I brought my kid in to play it last night. My kid is into these like, uh, he likes to play these like plants versus zombies and he's some light strategy stuff. And he ate this up with a spoon and he made me play it until he went to bed. We played three games last night and then we played today while we were having lunch, we played on my phone. And uh, he's super, And I, he, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a great game uh, for a kid to jump in on. It's the funny thing about it. I think that's why I like it so much is that it's, it's deep, it's complex, but it's not, it, so complex where I feel overwhelmed does that make any sense Mm -hmm. and so I feel like I've instantly got a uh, a grasp on generally what's going on Um, the graphics on this thing I I think are surprisingly good I was talking to Gary uh, last night on the on the on the uh, stream this is Gary James Gary James and we it's almost has an odyssey uh, feel to it the colors and Mm -hmm. the and the shapes uh, 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 did you get that
0: vibe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we should mention that the reason why you were talking, to Gary, about that is because Gary's done several uh, Odyssey 2 to Amiga ports. That's right. That's right. And he saw our Resident Amiga guy, our Odyssey guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, they, there's a lot of things that remind me about uh, They remind me about the O2. Uh, the the blue border that surrounds the screen. Yeah. Even the way the um, font is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, there, there's lots of things. The, the thing that's so amazing to me is that you have these incredibly simple sprites, but he's been able to endow mm. them with such a sense of personality. Yeah. You know, the goblin is waving his club in almost kind of a jocular manner. I like the gorilla. Uh, yeah. He's <laughs> the beating gorilla. his chest. The, the vampire has a flowing cape. Yeah. Uh, there's so many cool things and um, the amount mm. of spells, you know, there are so many spells in this game and some spells are more rare than others, you know, and so you might play this game 50 times and only come across certain spells one or two times. Real,
1: I, I, yeah, I'm sure I haven't seen them all because every time I played it, I, I saw one I didn't understand or recognize. Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's a really neat thing that that has a tremendous amount of replay value. Um, I will say that even though this game supports you know up to eight players, I can only imagine back in the day what you'd have to do to get eight players around the table. <laughs> You know, to because you can't really pass the the Spectrum keyboard around.
1: I was just thinking, this would be awesome if the Spectrum were totally wireless. Yeah, and you just pass yeah. that sucker around the table. I know we when we played it today to wrestle on the phone. It's a that's a hassle in itself, just passing the phone back and forth, because it, and this is the kind of game you really need if you're going to play with a bunch of people. You need one social screen that you can all look at. Mm-hmm. This game is, and I asked, and, and no one told me otherwise, so I guess it doesn't exist. But if ever a game were ported to it some sort of online play this is the game it would be perfect
0: for it there is a new version of Chaos mm-hmm. that is with updated graphics it looks like a modern game and I'm sure it's different in some ways that is, that is out on Steam and GOG and things but uh, it would be marvelous if somebody could use uh, could code some sort of an HTML based you know Sinclair version of Chaos for online play I would love to play this online with our with our uh, Amigos uh, community yeah
1: and apparently this was also had this had an Amiga port which I, I which i would have never guessed yeah we're at they we may have to give that one a look sometime. Yeah. yeah um this game uh got pretty good scores now you know my our knowledge of the spectrum mags is way lower than our knowledge of the amiga mags so <laughs> every time i read these you can you can use your own judgment on what that means but world of spectrum gave this uh 8.33 that's the website uh, that's a pretty good score. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm assuming they're kind of like lemon. Mm-hmm. Um, Crash gave this 8 out of 10. Sinclair User gave it 4 out of 5. And White Dwarf even looked at this one and gave it 7 out of 10. Now, get this boat. In the, uh, in the final issue of Your Sinclair in 93, this was listed in fifth place of the Your Sinclair Reader's Top 100 Games of All Time. Wow. That's pretty good. Uh, in 2006, Games TM listed Chaos at number at position 44, the top 100, and it was that. That means it was the second highest ranked Spectrum game behind Manic Miner. So that's you're up in the uh, upper echelon of games. Um, I guess in, just in my closing thoughts on it is, the, I think this game. I, I'm I'm surprised I never heard of this because it's so good. It's so good. I was telling Boat before the show because I've said this before, but never. Ever have my first impressions been so wrong? I mean, I was, the everything about this. I was like, man, here's a strategy game. Look at it. I'm just it's a good. and it was it was awesome. I love it. I played it. I played about a million games this week. Uh, and one thing I should mention is the incredible feat of getting eight players on this. Uh, when you play a full eight player game, I've played it with me, Luke, and the and the computer. And it is chaos. It's absolute madness. This crazy stuff going mm-hmm. on, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, this this would be a pretty good party game, I think. Uh, if, if you could actually have a strategy game at a party, oh yeah, a turn-based strategy game. I think this is the one.
0: Yeah, yeah, think, and especially playing it on, um, you know, with an emulator with a wireless keyboard, yeah. and being able to pass the keyboard around, it would be it would be great. It would be a hoot. You know, uh, the thing that um, the thing that that I really enjoyed about this was that I really did feel like. Um, more than most role playing games i really felt like i was doing more of a tabletop role playing thing in this and that i you know i was choosing my spells and i was rolling you know i was doing my movement points and things like that and a lot of that is is also reflected in games like xcom 2 where everything is point based um, i wanted to ask you you know what what game, aside from just like a straight up, you know, like tabletop simulator or something like that, what what video game that you've played, you know, is the most like a real tabletop role-playing experience to you?
1: Oh boy, that's a good question. You know, it depends if we're talking classic games or more modern stuff. I mean, if you've played any of the El- the, um, the newer Elder Scroll stuff... Um, help me out here, what was one of the new like ones? Skyrim? Skyrim, or those, I mean that is that is an impressive, that's impressive, you know, the amount of NPC stuff you can do, but when I played back in, in the day, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I always liked the Eye of the Beholder, I thought that gave you a good impression, uh, you know, that was like a DD and d game. I played some of the Gold Box stuff, and they were pretty good too. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think if I had a, a particular favorite, uh, Silver Blades, I think was pretty good. But I mean, the thing is I've never gotten the feeling of a role playing game that closely when I was playing a video game. Because and probably because I played so much D D back mm-hmm. in the day that really it's hard to replicate that in a game. I mean, you people think it's replicated, and I often think that people that think it's replicated probably haven't done a whole lot of role playing. Yeah. But that's right. it's really that's not it's very dissimilar in right. those ways. And
0: you know, I, I would I would say that although I, I like, you know, a lot of those games that that you mentioned, um, to me, the the fun in role-playing is the social aspect of it. You know, it's it's having, you know, the DM there that's telling you the story as it goes as it goes along. It's having your buddies sitting around the table. And that's what makes this game so much more of a, you know, of a role-playing like experience for me because if you're sitting around the table playing with your friends, you know, you're all <laughs> casting spells together and talking about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, to me, that's a lot more authentic to the tabletop role-playing experience. Um, than a game like Skyrim, you yeah. know, if you had a DM that was sort of telling a story as you went along, that would be, you know, it would be fantastic. You could you could use this as almost like a player aid. You
1: know? Yeah, yeah. You know, did you have anything? Did were there anything in this that you would like to have seen changed or be different? I, I've got a few suggestions that I could. Why like don't to have you seen. Why
0: don't you talk about yours first?
1: When you When you uh, When you are moving. First of all, I would like it to be made impossible for you to shoot your own guy. (laughs) I saw you do that on the live stream, and I and I laughed. Oh, I laughed so hard last night when you did that. And then I promptly did it my first game (laughs) against Luke. I nuked my own wizard with a dragon. Um, I would like I'd like to see them make it so you can't do that, just because just for dumb guy purposes. I'd also wouldn't mind seeing, at least on the movement phase, I wouldn't mind actually seeing a grid. hmm I think it would help you because you sort of have to measure stuff out. It would have been easier if there were, if you could actually phys I mean, I know it seems stupid, but I mean if you don't if the if the screen is mostly black, mm-hmm. it's hard to judge how and so you'd have to go out and peck it peck right. it with the keyboard and peck it out, you know. So that I would like to see that. Uh, and of course if you're really gonna modernize it, I would even like to see it when you're if you've got a range weapon or a movement where it just has a uh, a, an area highlighted that you can go or maybe even a a, a line that comes out with an area that you could just kind of move around yeah
0: i agree with all that stuff except for the inability to shoot your own guy i think you just have to play smart you know i fully well, accept my own dumbness listen, there listen the thing is it um, do
1: the interface
0: it's pos- i was i didn't even mean to do it i was trying to target that guy well, move and, him, and that you know? and that that ex- that goes to to my next point is that instead of making it impossible, what they should put in the bottom of the screen? You've got a text area, and in the lower left corner, whatever you've whatever you're targeting currently shows up. In the right corner, they need to put movement phase or targeting phase. If they put one of those two words there, that's a good idea. That, that would solve that problem. That's,
1: that's also a good idea. Yeah, I mean the interface. I mean it's it's pretty good considering what you you know what year it is and what you're using. But I mean. There, there were subtle changes that probably could have that probably could have made it a little bit better, uh, but I mean again, it's, it's nothing that's remotely game breaking. Uh, my son thought did not feel that the game, uh, that the spells were even. Of course, he's he always thought I got better at spells than him, and I have no way of knowing if if they're if people think that they're even if there's even a uh, uh, if there's even a uh, formula that would that tells you you know that was used when they split the spells up. I don't know. I have heard that the uh, when the uh, when you set the difficulty higher, what difficulty did you usually play on? I played on the easiest difficulty. I went up to four. Mm-hmm. Does the game get well, markedly harder? I, it, it gets tougher because, and I read this to confirm it. the The CPU doesn't get smarter; it just gets tougher. Mm. So, and so, you, you so you'll more, have more hit points or more. You know, it, it 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 gives it gives them more. It's a stat boost more than a CPU boost. Right. Now that's what I read anyway. Um, so. But I mean, yeah, I, it, it was tougher. That's for am sure. And and of course, not knowing what you're doing early on, it it can be frustrating. But it's not so bad where you don't think you have a chance. Even when you're screwed, I mean, if you're totally out of spells, then you're probably boned. But I mean, if you if you get a couple spells, you you still have a shot. Right,
0: and you you're never without your your trusty melee weapon. You know. Um, you're, you you've always got that Yeah, but if you're uh, if you're doing that, you're in deep trouble. <laughs> well, it just depends. I mean, if you've got the magic sword or if you've got the magic bow like I had last night, you don't need spells. You can take people out yourself. So, you know, I it, it does make you play smart with a limited Gloomhaven, which is the, the board the massive board game that that uh, that I bought that Chad and I have played like three times. What, it cost me like hundreds and hundreds now. of dollars. Um, you know, it, it it works on the same principle where you have a very limited number of spells and once you use them, you're, you're gone. So, um, We did get some reviews on our Amigos Retro Gaming uh, Discord server. Um, just a reminder that if you are a Patreon supporter of the show, um, we'd love to have you over on our Discord server. Um, Chris Foles writes, the genesis of a genre, a turn-based wizard battle game that is fun single-player but multiplayer comes alive. What it lacks in graphics and sound, it makes up for in sheer fun and ease of access. 9 out of 10. Mm. He loved it. And uh, Pixels at Dawn says, The best multiplayer game on the spectrum, hands down, with incredible depth and chess-like strategy. The AI can get a bit buggy around the undead, and the sound isn't up to much. But other than that, it's an amazing game that I still come back to regularly over 30 years later. 9 out of 10. Mm. Yeah, so very good reviews from our Discord community um, and very good reviews from us. Do you have a? Did you have a favorite creature spell? Um, you know, I mostly just like them because of the animations. Yeah. Um, you know, but I I must say that, uh, like I said, I, I really liked the goblin, the merry goblin. Uh, you know, he just was waving. You know, with the club, I, I thought he was he was a cool guy.
1: I love to lead with the bear. Mm-hmm. I think he's a pretty good character. He, t- he could take a lot of damage. I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of the old bear. And the ghosts are good too. Uh, you know, I looked this up on eBay. Mm-hmm. By the way, just before we move along. You know, when this came out, I looked this up. Just happened to have the information. Originally, when this came out, it was 8 pound. That's it's incredibly cheap. Yeah. You know, and then it budgeted down to 2 pound. What a what a deal on the budget. Yeah. On eBay, there I could not find any.
0: Really? Any. There
1: was not one, not a single that one. That is incredible because was this surprised. also
0: came as a cover tape for a magazine. Yeah. I think Pixel said that was how he was first exposed to it. So yeah. I can't believe there are none out there. I could that's not insane. see find
1: a single one. So if you're if you're looking for eBay, Good luck. Oh. Oh, it'd be nice to keep saying, I like to see what, you know, just to have. Yeah. I kind of need to have.
0: Yeah. Um, we did get some feedback from our last show, Aaron. All right. Um, Paul Fogarty on Facebook. I uh, remember how you mentioned when we were talking about the footprint of the Spectrum. Yeah. And you said that there was a Tandy portable computer that had a similar footprint. Yeah. He said that uh, that particular Tandy that you mentioned was used for cross development on the Spectrum. Well, there you go yeah. yeah pretty neat pretty neat alright guys well before we wrap up this week's show I'd just like to remind you that if you'd like to support us you can go over to patreon.com slash our Sinclair um, if you support us you get access to our discord server um, where there's tons of swag you can get you can help us choose the games that we play every week it's a great time we need help we, we have no idea we need tons of help and um also, the you know the biggest thing that you can do is just spread the word about the show. Um, you know, talk about us on uh, your social media platform of choice. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Amigos Retro Gaming. Um, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the podcast platforms you can find us on. So uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and want to take us on your commute, you can subscribe to the podcast there. I would like to thank uh, our Spectrum supporters mm-hmm. on Patreon. We've got. Frodo NL, THT, Pixels of Dawn, Chris it's Paul Harrington, Boss Man Harrington we call him, Ooh. and Christopher Hassel, Hassifa. Thanks guys. Yeah, thank you very much. I'd also like to mention that we do record this show live every Friday this week. We're recording a little early. Um, no day. You can join us on uh, YouTube Uh, just make sure you click that bell and you'll be notified every time we go live you can join us in the chat we got uh, Neville Overman in the chat Will Williams, Pixels at Dawn, Duncan Styles, Alec Mold Retro Man Cave tons of folks in the chat, it's always a party Uh, we'd love to have you join us live John Marshall just popped in so um, thank you guys for listening live thank you all out there for listening and until next time, rewind tape and press play